0: To alive, I'm Christina Radko. I'm happy to introduce my friend Marcus Scheffer from Seven Group. He's one of the many wonderful people who introduced me to regenerative practices. Marcus, could you please explain what is a green building? What is a living building? What is that all about?
1: If I may. I'd like to start maybe by talking a little bit about what we mean by um, regenerating life through building.
0: Sure. I just want to remind our listeners that green buildings refer both to the structure and the application of processes that are environmentally friendly and resource efficient.
1: Maybe I'll put it in the form of a story about Seven Group. In the 1990s, we started to do work on the early field of green building projects. We worked on one of the first 12 LEED certified projects in the world and did a lot of work in that market, trying to build the market for green buildings. And we were very heavily focused on process. So in in essence, if you wanna change the outcome, how a building performs, then you need to change the process by which you put that building together, right? If you don't change the process, you're going to have the same outcomes. So we applied a a highly technical approach to our early green building projects with a heavy emphasis on an integrative process. Basically what that means is we're looking at the various systems within the building and we're trying to examine how those systems can work together optimally to produce a better result. In other words, better building performance for energy and water and all those things that a green building addresses. So our approach was process-driven, but highly technical. So we were able to figure out a way, and it's not unique to us. Many people have done this. We were able to figure out a way to produce green buildings that are very energy efficient and use renewable energy sources in a way that allowed for the project to not increase its construction cost. So we figured out a way to produce green buildings at conventional construction costs. And so our thinking was, well, that's going to change the market. That's what's going to change people's hearts and minds. If we can show people that there's a better way to do this, that costs no more, and in some cases costs less, then why wouldn't people do that? So we engaged in that work for about 10 or 15 years, and we found people still weren't getting it. They they weren't willing to significantly change their process. And we weren't seeing across the board throughout the entire commercial building market, significant improvements in building energy performance and all the other green building features that we seek. So even though we showed people a way or a path toward greener buildings at the same cost, it wasn't having the market effect that we had hoped it would. So we took a step back and started to examine, well, what's going on here? Then we realized a couple of things. Number one, we were operating within the same paradigm that everyone else operates. So within the same worldview, within the same culture, within the same metrics that culture values. And we were operating, trying to figure out how to operate within that paradigm or within that culture in a way that was gonna get people to pay attention to the issues that we hold dear, which is how does our building infrastructure and building practices, how does that impact life itself other than human life? And came to realize that our approach wasn't sufficient. And so we started looking at alternatives to our current practice. And what we came to realize is that an integrative process in and of itself doesn't have a direction or an aim, right? You could use an integrative process to make the building cost less if that's what you wanted to do when it didn't, right? So if it's a green building and you're trying to do this in a way that makes it cost less, that was our aim. But the integrative process in and of itself didn't have that direction. So we felt what we needed was a stronger direction. And that's when we started to look at significantly higher aspirations We started to realize that the building itself, the project itself, was nothing more than an instrument for trying to achieve something in the world. In other words, the building itself wasn't the end game. It wasn't the thing that we were trying to create. The thing we were trying to create was this instrument that would allow people to work on what it is they truly care about in the world. So once we realized that the building itself was not... Uh, The end-all and be-all of what we were trying to achieve, that it was the effects in the world that the building had, that was a significant shift. And we shifted our aim from producing Mm high-performance green buildings to trying to produce projects in a way that was regenerative for the people involved, for the communities in which that building was housed, and for the ecosystems at large.
0: Now, can you explain the concept of living building and the living building challenge?
1: The living building challenge is an extension of green building practice, I would say. It's a rating system with higher aspirations than LEED. So if you look at kind of the trajectory of ecological design, there's conventional practice, there's efforts to green it, which is really doing less bad. Yeah. There's efforts to try and make projects sustainable, the the problem with that is that it's kind of nebulous and difficult to discern exactly what we mean by sustainable. And then it begs the question, well, what is it that we're trying to sustain in sustainability? Mm-hmm. And so our answer to what it is we're trying to sustain is more in alignment with regenerative practices, which is how do we align the way that people think and therefore what they do with the way that nature works. And so a living building Is trying to cross that line, that's kind of sustainability threshold, it's trying to do good in the world instead of just less harm or less bad. Um, And it's trying to aspire towards a project that's more regenerative. So it's in many ways, it's trying to cross that threshold, but it doesn't cross it entirely.
0: I'll quickly explain to our listeners that a living building generates all of its own energy, captures and treats its water, and operates cleanly and efficiently. The
1: issue with a living building, or the issue with any sort of codified rating system, or certification or that mentality or mindset behind that kind of a system comes from within the current paradigm comes from within the dominant culture and so that's the idea that we can create this series of best practices that are going to apply virtually everywhere Um, and so what that does is it automatically limits people's thinking about what is possible and what is the potential of the project because you start to automatically design towards the certification system. Mm -hmm. So you're trying to figure out how you can produce what the certification system wants, which may or may not be in alignment with what the project wants or needs, what the people involved want or need, what the community wants or needs, what that particular place wants or needs. So one could argue that any sort of certification system is not a regenerative practice, because it automatically limits your thinking and it's not place sourced. And that's a key to any of the project work that we do. That project needs to emerge from the culture, needs to be sourced from that place, because that place is ultimately where culture emerges from. And so the local place has an essence The essence of that project needs to align with the local place's essence if you want a successful project.
0: So just looking from another perspective, what do you mean by regenerative practices in relationship to building, which goes beyond a living building?
1: Yeah, I hesitate to use the word beyond a living building. Because it implies right a step above and maybe it's more of a step to the side. Um, in a way, I think what regenerative practice does is it challenges the current paradigm or the current worldview in ways that a living building just doesn't. I think a living building, even as difficult as it is within the current construct, it doesn't necessarily challenge a worldview. You can produce a living building within the the dominant culture, within the current worldview, within the metrics, that dominant culture values and holds dear. Um, But regenerative practice, I think, is a whole nother thing. It is a way of looking at the world uh, that values life above many of those metrics that we use to evaluate building projects. So money being the prime example. So regenerative practice really is this effort to try to align the way people think and therefore then what they do with the way that nature works. And this isn't anything new or earth-shattering. Indigenous Mm -hmm. cultures have practiced this way culturally for millennia. It's really trying to get people to view the world in a different way through a different set of lenses. And so any rating system, in my experience so far, is still using lenses that come from the dominant culture or the current paradigm. Which is very mechanical. Which tends to be very mechanical, right? Cause and effect, very linear oriented. Uh, Yeah, based on mostly dualities. Good, Mm -hmm. bad, left, right, man, woman, right, wrong. Conservative, liberal. Exactly. So it's that way of thinking, I think, that causes a lot of issues in our culture. It's the idea that there isn't a broad spectrum of ideas across two polarities. There's just either one or the other. Um, and that's simply not a, a reflection of reality. That's not the way that nature works. So all those dualities, there are, there are beings or entities that occur all across the spectrum. And I know you've been involved a little bit in this idea of regenerative practice. And one of the things you'll notice is there aren't any two-term frameworks. They're all at least three-term frameworks. And in many ways, what we're trying to do is raise the order of thinking beyond that kind of dualistic thinking to address the complexity that is the reality of how the world works. And in many ways, I think our thinking does not reflect how complex the world is. And we need to raise the order of thinking in order to really address how the world works. Like in indigenous cultures, everything's alive and all of things are sacred. And it's that shift to a a more biological or ecological way of thinking. The world is an ecology, not a machine
0: about some concluding remarks regarding regenerating life through building.
1: Sure. So one of the questions we often start with is what are the systems that you're seeking to transform and what is it that you care about relative to those systems deeply that can serve as an instrument for that transformation? So green buildings is all about trying to build in a way that doesn't just do less harm relative to the place that you're building. It actually serves as an instrument for regenerating life in that place. And whether that life you're trying to regenerate is the life of a community or the life of an ecosystem, we firmly believe that humans have the capacity to be a regenerating force relative to life that humans have the capacity to augment and serve life and not just be a degenerating force on life. And it's approaching each project, believing that the people involved and the project itself have that capacity to improve life that keeps us moving forward and seeking similar mindsets in people so that we can actually try to do good and evolve our own and their capacity to regenerate life.
0: you for listening. Please share, subscribe, support, and rate this show and all those amazing things you do with podcasts. Just go to alivepodcast.net. Engage with Alive by recording your questions into inbox forward slash Alive. This show celebrates the wonders of being alive.